This is the Cathode Ray Podcast with Steve and Lewis. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the next episode of the Cathode Ray Podcast. This is episode number 40 as well. It's been a million years since we've done an episode. I'm very happy to be back with my friend and co-host, Steve Nutter. How you doing, mate? Uh, I'm fabulous, man. It's, <laughs> it's so good. So good to be back with it you is. here. Number 40. I didn't even realize it until I looked up and saw that in the corner of the screen. <laughs> but that's just incredible. And uh, yeah, man, it's been such a long time. We kind of took a little break. You had uh, you had an awesome trip that you got to go on. I went out of town. Sure. Um, you yeah, know, you recent stuff. Yeah, we're yeah back you know, everybody's now. got that. And then for the new year, new season kind of coming up for us and here. Absolutely. And hopefully some regularity back to our schedule so we can do some more episodes like this. But uh, just some amazing like stuff's been going on lately, and I can't believe it already. And, you know, it's only the first week of January, and we have some incredible things to talk about. Uh, you know, first, maybe, like, we, were, we had uh, Shank and his <laughs> incredible discovery that, you know, I'm kind of teasing here. We'll be talking about later is mm-hmm. this amazing thing Shank pulled off with the uh, redesign on one of Martin's. Uh, amazing cards you know for the bvm yeah, anyway yeah we so inside of a bvm we'll we'll definitely get into that more here in a minute and sure. then um you know i've had some things going on here at the shop that i've just yeah. been keeping me busy some redesigns but also a big job coming up with uh, a museum and then um we're uh so we're working on behind the scenes on that but more interesting than that the world is ready to hear <laughs> More about how Zez's trip has been uh, on, you know, his adventure to like the reopening of Japan almost. Right. So you it's only been a few were months, on the yeah. front lines and you got to go on a lengthy, amazing trip. And uh, anybody who's been following you on Twitter will know that. So I just thought maybe we could go through some of that trip, talk about some cool moments that you might have had that uh, see some cool things. I also... You know, we all want to know what was like. I saw some amazing CRTs over there, mm. and uh, we want to know more about that. So, I'm going to leave the floor here to you and let you let you introduce your trip, and we can get into that. Sure, man. So, if, if you weren't uh, following my Twitter and everything, I Japan, as we know, Japan only opened up a few months ago. They've still been in lockdown. You couldn't get it in the tourist. Uh, it was only at the end of last year. So, the first chance I could get, which is over Christmas and New Year, I booked my ticket three weeks. Uh, in in Tokyo, I spent uh, sorry, I spent two weeks in Tokyo and one week in Osaka. And my thing is, I love hard off stores. These chain of secondhand stores, and they're some a company, some a franchise, uh, but they're everywhere. Everybody knows them, and there's so much stuff in there. It's unbelievable. It's nothing like your Goodwill or it's really a unique phenomenon. I don't think any other country would have any other store because the, all that stuff comes from Japan. Japanese people are sort of more, maybe especially back in the 80s and the 90s, they were more willing to go along with technology. Uh, it was more readily available. We all know, or we've all got the story of some weird device or controller or console or game or thing or whatever that was only released in Japan and it looks nuts. So yeah, I and I spent, all pretty much all my days just going through hard off stores and it sounds nuts because that's the thought that kept me going through the pandemic 
we was locked down. It's been a kind of a rough couple of years for a lot of people, also for me. And it was that thought that I'm going to get back there. And just to that sense of anticipation when you walk in the store, they've got games, they've got consoles, and then they've all, every store's also got a junk section out the back where, um, and then junk has a different definition for Japanese people. It just sort of means not the best. Junk to us means like, this is crap. I'm not touching this stuff. This should be in the, the garbage. <laughs> junk to them just means like the, when they use the word junk, it means like not perfect. So we're finding a lot of interesting things, maybe some things that things don't even have to be broken. They just have blemishes or as we even worked out later, sometimes when they've got too many of an item, maybe a controller, sometimes a game, maybe in uh, cables or something, they'll just put some clean some up and put them for sale in the front section. But then the rest of them just get chucked in a bin out the back. And if you want a rifle through, you can get it. So the crazy thing that happened to me straight up, I've been, I flew for 18 hours Thank you, Senor Putin. I can't fly over Russia anymore, so we got to take the long way around. <laughs> so, did you get what? What did were you? What did you have? What do you have to fly over then? Like, what was uh? You got well, eighteen-hour trip on Does the way there, north or south? Well, on the way there, we went south, so we fly okay. under uh, and then make it there. But on the way back, we flew north, and you fly over the North Pole. Uh, wow. I don't know why one is different or, or something. So I did sort of the full loop i basically yeah now i think about it i've looped russia i did my you, lap you like that's like i mean that's like uh around a third of the world or something you just <laughs> you just did it so yeah i, I mean whoo so 18 hours right 18 hours one flying on uh, the plane no 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 well a whole out whole travel okay. was 18 hours i think it was probably 13 was that okay flight. wow still now as soon hours. as i get off at the airport and i'm you know groggy is like you you all know how long distance flight is and there's this camera crew and they stick a microphone in my face and they're all like, can we ask you some questions? And I'm like, well, yeah, okay. I'm always, always up for that. And so they, they say they're from a TV show called, why do you come to Japan? And they talk to foreigners and ask, why did you come to Japan? And they do like Vox Pops. And so I told them this whole story about hard off and our retro games and hunting and why I come here. And they were like, oh, very fascinated. So... I did the Vox Pop, and then I get a message from the director, and they're like, hey, can we come and follow you around? We want to get your authentic reaction the first time that you hit a hard-off store. So uh, I think that, that no, the decks, the second day that I was in Japan, I was already filming a segment for Japanese TV. <laughs> oh, man, I know. Like, I saw you posted that, and I was, I was just like, this is too perfect, <laughs> right? Oh my goodness! Like, so we went to Lewis. the store. Yeah, we went to the store, and it was as we were going around the store, and I'm trying to commentate and talk about my feelings and talk about things. I realize how insane I sound. Like more and more, like you can enjoy your hobby, right? We enjoy our hobby of retro gaming. Many people who are listening are probably collectors of things and like to accumulate. But it's only when you start to explain it to some sort of civilian do you realize how friggin' nuts you are so yeah i yeah. spent the day go yeah. two stores we went with this crew they followed me around and it was kind of uh we go the director and the cameraman and then a translator as well wow. uh yeah so we did that for a day and i try and also but i'm still jet lagged and i haven't seen many stores so i'm they wanted my reaction about how do i feel but i didn't sort of have enough <laughs> how do you to, feel i feel exhausted <laughs> 
How do you feel seeing a crazy person who's obsessed with video games <laughs> telling you about it like in depth? And uh, I guess also because I've got, I think also one of the reasons also they, they wanted to speak to me because I have this way of speaking English when I'm, because I've lived in uh, non-English speaking countries for so long. Um, when I notice that someone can't speak English very well, I adjust my English quite automatically. Maybe, you know, other people do as well, but I've noticed sort of, I got it down to a fine art. There's levels. And so I know that, okay, these Japanese people, they're speaking English. I appreciate that. And I'll really bring it back. And I know how to sort of construct simpler sentences. And again, not to be patronizing, more like, thank you very much for speaking English. Uh, I think the least I can do is speak clearly and speak in, like, I, I remove euphemisms, and I remove slang, and I remove all sorts of things. Especially Australian accent, man. I fucking get rid of that. <laughs> Bloody hell. So, send, send, send in the Australian interpreter. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, exactly. So, I, I yeah, no, that, I mean, that's nothing new. It's, it's, it's well known that, like, English is a pretty um, complicated language in comparison to some other just languages in the way that sentences are formed and are situated within the English language is not the same sometimes, you know, and that's how things get messed up in translations. Sure. So that's good, yeah. So, so they, yeah, we had that's what I was laughing I was like, they actually, like, found you and, mm -hmm. like, we're probably – like, this is awesome. We got this guy. And then they were like, all right, this guy is like, <laughs> we were asking for a 10 and he's like a 12, right? <laughs> well, like that's it. So I, because I, I guess that's it. Like they said I was easy to work with because I just treated it like a job. If I was on a job here in Estonia and someone paid me to do a filming for the day or something. So I went, even though I was jet lagged out of my brain, uh, I went with the attitude that I'm doing a job for them. I'm not getting paid, but hey, it's awesome to to get this opportunity. So I wanted to be professional. I tried my best to, you know, I understand I got to say things and and work with them. And if I've learned one thing about Japanese media, they love an overactor. If you ever see Japanese commercials, they're like, <laughs> oh, eh, ah, they're always, oh my god, they love overacting. And if I can do one thing, it's overact. So, oh man, your I acting could, is brilliant. I could throw on those big emotions <laughs> and those big. Oh, oh. oh uh, that was great. so straight off. Even before I'd even got a chance to settle in, uh, I was working with that crew. And now, as I understand, uh, they're still editing it, and it's not guaranteed to go to air. So apparently, they have a lot of these film crews that go around, and then there's some final producer or director who picks them and puts them in. So look, no problems. And I understand that show business. So hey. It's cool, uh, and they want they want some more photographs of the um, of all the stuff I brought home. They're like, "Can you? Oh, really? you take some stuff." Are you and still like, talking? So you're still communicating with them? Yeah, yeah. What's yeah, oh, well, they, that's good. They sent me some. They had wanted some updates, and because I posted so much to Twitter uh, each day, they wanted to know if they could use that. And I'm like, I don't yes, see yes, how they're not going to use you compared to somebody else. Come on, no one else has that cool of a story. <laughs> no one else is showing up. <clears throat> well, I don't know, but still. It's fun uh and just hanging awesome. out with um uh i got to hang out with some cool people as well i i hung out yeah with i noticed that that's really awesome you got to team up with some people that japanese comedian mishida yeah. and uh he's awesome i really liked him he's got a little show that he does three times a week uh he does his solo show so i saw that when hung out with him hung out with the comedians that's cool 
And yeah, I was also hanging out with uh, Jim from Ki- Kid Shuruken and uh, another Papa Tikio who's a streamer. On Christmas Eve, we went to a metal concert. <laughs> so yeah. uh, I don't want to talk too much out of school, but Jim has the hots for the bass player in this metal band, right? So he's like, we're going to a metal gig on New Year's <laughs> Eve. And I'm like... Right on, let's go to a metal gig, bro. <laughs> and incredible. Uh, yeah, it was like this, and it's like a metal venue in, in Shinjuku, uh, like a small little underground thing, just metal, just for that. And they had probably five, six bands on. They like they do their five, six songs, and there's a break in the next one. Okay. And it was cool. It was like, I mean, everyone was really nice to us, and I don't speak much English. Jim speaks, and, and, and Papa Tikio speaks very well. Uh, but you know, people were cool. They respected that we were there. And, you know, we just want to listen to some fucking heavy metal. And, uh, and that, so in the heavy, I wish I had a photo of this. I didn't want to be rude. It's Christmas Eve. There's this heavy metal gig going on, like, in the other room. But in the bar area, there's a guy cooking noodle soup at the metal <laughs> bar. So you can get a beer and get some noodle soup at the same time. Oh, man, that's great. It's not what you would usually associate with a metal show. You know, a guy. And Did he you had get his, some of the soup? It was good soup. Yeah, I had some. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I'm in the metal game. Oh, game yeah, game man. That's soup. that's so much better than, like, when I was in school that you'd be lucky if they had, like, a jar of pickled eggs. Yeah, right. And you're <laughs> like, oh, I dare you to eat one. <laughs> so yeah, I was loving it. Cool. Um, and I, my holidays that I, I do like this, I just, I mostly just look at hard-off stores. I love it. Uh, I was doing some editing. I filmed a lot of videos, so I filmed a lot of store tours where I just walk around yeah. with the camera. So if I find a cool store that I think has either got cool new shit or cool junk or something like that, all I do is film silently. And you got to practice this art of like picking something up and then going like <laughs> holding it for five <laughs> seconds. Yeah. Because yeah. that's where I'm going to talk over it later and then putting it back again. And then later you put the voiceover and they encourage it. Actually, a lot of the stores have a sign that says it's okay to film for social media. Oh, they do. They're oh, right. well, that's, that's nice. So you have, so to I was going to say, hmm? I was going to say that like, yeah, my experience has become that I try to go like incognito, like almost yeah, yeah. like I'm some kind of SWAT team cop or something <laughs> because I'm wearing like a big jacket and I got my GoPro like strapped to my chest yeah. and it's like, yo, what's up? Yeah, I have to record everywhere I go in case I get, you know, some kind of trouble. <laughs> so you it's up like, like you're a flasher or something. Yeah, like, like I'm just hiding. Yeah, it's, I'm like trying to wear a black coat and I'm like, <laughs> okay, if I wear like a big puffy coat they won't know that i'm just in here trying to film my interactions mm. in their store <laughs> yeah how does but that's um, actually nice that you're in, when you're there and they're like yeah go ahead yeah you, so, so you, you don't have gotta... to be like sneaky did you see other people in the stores filming? only once or twice honestly if there was another foreigner in the store it was pretty rare okay um, now again anyone who watches my channel knows that i'm a big on like going to way off stores so I go to obscure stores. I'm like two hours. I'll get on the train, travel for about an hour, 45 minutes to the first store, and then kind of work my way back via trains to the center of Tokyo. So if there was another foreigner there, um, it was pretty rare. Uh, so sometimes some people are filming things. Uh, but even things like, and I mean, we can get into this, the CRT discussion. So in a fairly remote far off in the north i want to say northwest of tokyo 
I found a PVM in the junk and I documented this on my Twitter and it was, fuck, how much was it? 300. So it was about 300 bucks or something. And the tag said that it basically worked. And I'm not really sure why it was in the junk. It, they said it basically worked. It had a few. They said it made a high-pitched sound. I'm like, yeah. That's, <laughs> that's what they fucking yeah, do. Yeah, that's, that's, that's normal. <laughs> it's par for the course. And uh, I found this PVM out there. And I, now I can't take home a PVM for 300 bucks. Like, I hadn't... Maybe on the next trip, Steve, and we got to talk about this more because... Yeah, right. On the, ne- the I'm thinking part of the next trip is rather than everyday me hitting stores, I learn how to ship a CRT and I get some of those CRTs and I ship them back to you because that um that little well, I don't know if you remember it it was like a what looked like a sort of a box like something almost militaristic some crazy, crazy it had a small had little there. CRT yeah. cassette player in the top uh anyway that was a hundred bucks from the junk. Well, and I reckon you could. I, you, that's what you, I was watching your tw- time, and I was like, "Crap, man!" Like I would have had to have, like, I would have been like, "I can't go with you today, Lewis, because I need to go find a logistics company mm. to send over half a C container or two right. pallets of electronics safely back to the East Coast because <laughs> there were so many items where." Um, I would have been tempted. Like, I would have gotten something. And I'd be like, oh, this is the one thing I'm taking, right? And then I would have gone to the next store and I'd have been like, crap, I can't leave this behind. And I'm just actually trying to. Oh, so, like, some of these items, yeah. Like, even. Um, let's do a share screen if I can. Sure. Bring it up. And, and we'll see how this looks. If it's pulling up, it seemed mm. to be loading. We'll see That's what happens. That's all right. So, I think. Like, I was actually wondering whether I should set a theme for my next trip because I do wonder to myself, how many suitcases full of crap can one actually bring back? <laughs> this is it. This is the item. The yeah, Jackal 300. Look at this. I mean, just look at this crazy thing. Like, I would love, I would see this. I'd be like, yeah. oh, yeah. I don't know. I have to try to get that out of I here. Saw... But there was even other things. The one that you saw maybe the first time that was almost like, it looked like almost like a hand light with like a big bottom. Okay. And right. uh, so there was there was quite a few of them, but yeah, this is that jackal <clears throat> is very unique. And I saw two separate ones of those in the junk. Like it's not that rare. Yeah. I mean, I have to admit, there's got to be a little bit of money in that. If that's, I buy it for a hundred, ship it back to you, and then you fix it up real good. We're making some money, bro. Well, here's the here's the thing. We just need to get hard off to somehow get us a... Didn't you say they were franchises? Oh, yeah. There's some of them apparently are franchises. Oh, my yeah. goodness. That's what we need to do is to somehow get... What is this thing, Lewis? A microwave? It's a CD jukebox. It's a... <laughs> like, a, if you see... Open oh, up. yeah, yeah, yeah. I see. Mm-hmm. I thought it was like a microwave. And then it, oh. <laughs> There's just so much stuff there that uh you know was amazing i was trying to find that one crt thing but i don't know if there's anything um yeah so there's there it is again i that guess same, yeah, another one time, of those jackal so there's so, at least two uh, of those yeah that's just that's just great so so even anyway. today um that uh, the particular pvm that i saw uh, in the northwest of Tokyo, another guy. I didn't get to meet him, unfortunately, when I was there. But I think he's a Spanish dude who lives in Tokyo. I'm not quite sure. But he actually went up there 
and got it. And he said that he saw it once before with a much higher price tag in that store, saw Mm -hmm. my post where that had been discounted and then decided to go up there and he had to take a taxi to the train station. He's got this fucking PVM on the Tokyo subway (laughs) and eventually got it home. And I'm so proud of him. FG software is, uh, Mm -hmm. is his Twitter handle. And he said, I definitely saw that. So he got it home. He put the, the good old Steve special, uh, super Metroid test on it. And he said it perfect. Like, (laughs) Oh my God. That's Uh, awesome. I'm I so I'm vicariously living through this guy, right? That he actually got a chance to go <laughs> go buy speaking, it. Speaking so. speaking of somebody who's gone out and made themselves the CRT ferry, uh, <laughs> our boy Roger, right? Oh, dude, he's uh, he's been sprinkling his his uh, hunt uh, of C- CRTs like in the area all over his Twitter lately, like trying to find them good homes. And so we're talking about the eight bit Esquire on Twitter, yeah. the eight bit Esquire, our friend Roger. And yeah, he's just been posting, Hey, here's, yeah. a, here's a hit up. Here's a, <laughs> yeah, he, he knew yeah. See, that's your formula. He's like, this is a good thing. You know, I'm gonna- yeah, I know. I was like, man, he's like, I had to actually share one of them because it was such a good deal. I was like, I'd go get that one. If, if I Dude, was nearby, <laughs> Roger's going to be doing CRT price check soon. He's going to be do the. He's going to do your. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's his angle now because he's got you know, he's got the attorney background. That would be fun. Sure. So I bought even for um. Yeah. So let's go was... through some of this stuff. How? Yeah. How? So oh, CRTs, okay. Yeah. What? What? What was like the most uh, in the journey that you mm-hmm. went on? What was like the most probably expensive item that you saw? You think? um that you can remember mm. so i mean expensive can can almost be anything but some some things that stand out uh hard off hachiochi has a wonder mega that was about okay. i think that's a it's a mega drive variant that, that had some stuff that was about 1500 bucks for that wow um then there was uh another one that had the boombox the blue boombox mega CD. Oh right, right, right. So yes. it's a it's a Mega Drive and a Mega CD made by Iwa A W I A. It's a regular brand and built into that. And that was something like three grand in working condition. So Ooh. something like that is. So yeah, the Wonder Mega. Okay, I see that console. Mm. It's it's yeah, it's got the rounded edge on one end, kind of. Yep, yep, yeah, yep. so then, uh, so um, what about on CRTs? Was like that the only uh, only real PVM that you saw was the one that um, wound mm. up getting picked up? Or did you see any others? Um, what about okay. that? So CRTs are very interesting because uh, whenever in the past and from what I had sort of just conversing with people on Twitter and the general feeling was there's not many CRTs in Japan and in hard off. And I discovered that is incorrect. <laughs> I found yeah. lots and lots of them. Now, pro monitors, like actual PVM, BVM, Sony, just a couple, true. That uh, that one that, that the FG software got, I think there was a nine inch, maybe one more. But a fair amount of just straight up VGA monitors, very cheap. Some don't have an image, some do. Straight up VGA monitors. A couple of beautiful flat screen Trinitrons, uh, 15 inch, 17 inch, 19 inch. I think one was 21 inch. Um, lots of PC 
I think it's PC Towns, PC98. Yeah, P- okay. no, FM Towns. PC98. And they were a little bit earlier, and those, I think, had matching CRTs to the beige box. And some of them didn't have VGA. They had a more, like, elong- elongated D-sub uh, analog RGB connector. Okay. Mm-hmm. So a lot of those, um, few Mac, iMac, sorry, quite a number of those, um, and a few stores, not too many, but a few stores even had good selection of consumer CTs, CRTs. Uh, so uh, one store that I had had a number of smaller CRT VHS combos. Um, one had a very nice 21-inch Mitsubishi. Uh, so... They are out there. They are available. Because I was thinking a lot about the the interview that I did with Famicom Vink, who is a American guy who's lived for a long time in Japan. And I asked him about CRTs in, in our podcast. And he said, it's not the same. Like, yes, there is an interest in retro gamers from these monitors, but they're not over-the-top insanity like it is for us in the West. Uh, yeah. So I wasn't expecting to see many, and I would say that if you are in Japan, it is quite possible to get a good, even consumer, VGA, or uh, very specific model of something. So I'd say things were looking pretty good for CRTs in Japan. Yeah, see, that's that's really cool to be able to just think that you could go and just go to a store and browse through some CRTs, right? Mm. That's what I saw once. I've seen one store like that in the last year. It was on my trip to Houston, hmm. and they probably had. Um, I bought actually two CRTs from them, sure. but they they had that. Yeah, 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 yeah. They had like twenty CRTs in there. I should have filmed that shop because mm. it was an incredible shop. All kinds of weird stuff, but the guy was actually trying to sell them, and I, I that was really cool. And I was I wish there was anywhere around here like you could go in. And browse through some CRTs. Like, it's just a look at. That would be awesome. I think the hard off is, uh, even though it's a chain, now, we're still quite unsure. Some of them apparently company stores and some are apparently franchises. But I don't quite know the separation. But from what I did understand, because um, I never would get to talk to someone. But with the TV show, when I was filming for the TV show, we did a little segment talking to one of the employees and that worked well because they kind of got the employee and then me and then there was the translator lady who spoke between us and again that professionalism kicked in i'm like oh this is an interview oh i'm interviewing this guy now right on (laughs) and then i was like bam question 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 and that was really good for me (laughs) that's awesome and and what the what i understood from him is that every store is uh, the store manager has a lot of control and a lot of say. The store manager sets prices. They don't have a central database, or maybe they do, but it's not like mandated to use that. And it's set at a store level. And you can definitely see the personalities of each store. And I'm thinking of one that was probably about an hour outside of Osaka to the east of Osaka, where it was just an unbelievable collection of Famicom disk system. I remember last time I was there, they had a lot of Famicom disk system, probably 20, 25 of these. And we're talking the regular red box. We're talking twin Famicom, uh, the different variations of it. Clearly that like someone in that store knows how to fix the belts on those things. (laughs) Yeah. 
and they've got a big interest. And that was also the store where I saw a lot of consumer CRTs. So you can get a little flavor of, it's not sort of like a, I want to say GameStop or uh, the um, CEX maybe in the UK that feel very corporate, sort of there's very limited scope for each store to be different where each store is can be quite drastically different from hard off to hard off. And you get that idea that, ah, this is great. Like they care. Like there's a, there's a store manager that loves Famicom disc system and he sells loads of Famicom disc system. Yeah. And I appreciate that. He really, really knows that Mm. specific spot. I could see how that would be good. So you could have a, like you say, a centralized chain style of stores, but each one of them could be a specific thing Mm. that keeps that store alive as opposed, you know, like, well, if you're like, well, I need this, this, specific stuff i'm going to this one Mm. and otherwise i could go to any of them and check them out too and see something different at each one that would make me uh kind of like ambitiously say that would be great to have some kind of thing like that here in the west where you would think we could get this solved Mm. and you would have again like a hard off style store where it might such you know it would be the place to look for CRTs because it would have a guy like me in there making the <laughs> CRTs good and set the, so that would be the specialty of that store that was also being helped by the overall games and like the actual things of like well collectors are also coming there to look at other things mm. uh, like you said so that's 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 a really smart business move on their end yeah and I think this hard off store really is something that can only exist in Japan because they've just got the stock and yes. Japanese people keep they keep in general they do seem to keep their stuff in better condition so much more often they've got the box the manual uh, you know the th- the old shit that you see that's still got stuff in there is really unbelievable certainly there's a lot of stuff that that isn't and that stuff was there and the japanese people sort of seem to have this culture of trading it in like every store i go to when i was walking in there was always a dude with a trolley walking in with these really? stuff and he's got a stereo and something else maybe a toaster or whatever you know and he's trading it in <laughs> it's like an active thing that they are they're doing and they're buying you know every day uh in those stores and but also one thing i did notice especially in osaka there was probably three stores that had opened within the last six months and some that had only opened within the last month i think and i can see also what they do is they transfer if you have a new store well there's no stock right so they've got to transfer some stock there so new stores are also very good to go to for new things Oh, sorry, for for complete things. Because I noticed the new store had one of everything. It had one of every console. Like, if you wanted the obscure version, like every Nintendo, every Sega, every PC engine, every Sony PlayStation, they had one or two of those. So to know the stores and to know the the flavor of the store works a lot. And... Even when I, when I spoke to the, the employee that time with the TV show, you could see, like, they're not just, like, some minimum... There's a different culture in Japan. They're not just seeing, like, oh, I'm a minimum wage worker just working here doing my thing. He's like, no, we have uh, respect for the store. He spoke about the items as having treasure. You know, the junk section, there's treasure in there for you to find. There's a different work culture. I don't want to completely say, like, make broad strokes, like, oh, Japanese people are, like all company loving people that that's not completely it but there's definitely a a different attitude 
from the employees that I think you would find in the West as well. So many things go together to make this unique phenomenon. Well, there's pri- there's a uh, pride level in there too, because you're getting yeah. to talk you're getting to talk to a guy that like yeah this he's like this is great right for me like on his end right from what his perspective is, mm. it's not like they're going in and just talking to like either some guy that's you know a newer employee they want to talk to somebody who knows about the business so yeah it's 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 also but having that business there gives people the opportunity to flourish in that environment and Mm. how many do you have any estimate on how i mean how many stores do you think you went to on the trip i gotta add it up so one could work this out by looking at my twitter i think i documented almost every one i think i missed one but yeah so i know some statistics uh in 24 days i walked 270 kilometers <laughs> so you could put that in the so miles you got some hike, you got some hiking in yeah did it tell you how long you rode on the train <laughs> that one i don't know how much time i spent <laughs> on public transport say, how much time did you spend on trains and given that like i was telling you that from what we understand Pricing is set at a store level. Now, I can understand why your, your GameStop or whatever has central database, right? Because it's not like every store in whatever town, they can have experts who know the price of something. So I do get from a corporate perspective how it might be in the West, there's a central price. But given that things are priced on a per store level, I would say hard off doesn't get caught slipping that much. You can find a bargain, but like that they get something so drastically wrong. And I, I kind of have a thing in my mind that on every trip, I always find one thing. And on the previous trip, it was, I yeah. found a PlayStation TV, the small little PS TV thing. Yeah. I found that okay. for 500 yen for five bucks in the junk. Yeah. And they, I think they just didn't know what it was. And now they're 250, uh, even in Japan, they're 250. And, So my thing on this trip was I found this controller and it's a game controller. Oh, dang. Right. (laughs) Oh, no, it's good. I'm like, did I fuck up this really expensive controller? No, it's good. And you're repairing the most expensive GameCube controller video now. Also, because I'm trying to to sell it too. Oh, yeah. Well, good. Uh, Now, I found this in just the regular GameCube controller section. They're sealed. Like they're plastic wrapped up and it was 15 bucks like every other GameCube controller. And I was like, that's a funny color. It's like a jade color. Almost, yeah, I don't right? kind of recognize that. So I started to Google and it turns out it was packaged in with a Tales of Symphonia, which is a game on the GameCube. There was a GameCube that matched this color and it was a special pack in. And it turns out this controller is extremely rare and... I mean, eBay prices, it's hard to tell. There's not that many of them, but they're going for like 250 300 on eBay. <laughs> so pull your expectations down a little bit. But nevertheless, this is I worth mean, multiple there are, hundreds. There are, well, see, the crazy some. thing is, is there's a listing on here for the whole console for $500. Mm, okay. So you do kind of hit a max point. Absolutely. And I would, yeah, but I, the I don't other, think it's a- there's not. There's not many of just the controller, and they're all like the cheapest ones, three hundred and fifty dollars, and they're all shipped from Japan. Let me see if any have actually sold. So here. definitely some price gouging there in for the sure, United but... States. Let me see if anybody's actually bought one. 
Yeah, so that's what you've been uh mm. that's the big score then from the yeah, so here's yeah. A, here's a good one. Look. I have I'm going to do another screen share here and I'll show everybody this while while we talk about it cuz this is a, that is a good find. Lewis. we've got some sales of it. Oh my goodness. It's not happening all the time. It's not the share thing's not working. Oh, the share thing's us. not working for you? Okay. It's it's pulling up slow. Anyway, the last one sold on December 31st it says for $270. Oh, so there's actual sale. Okay. That's the actual That's... sale. Then there's one sure. earlier in the month for 350. So November one right. went for 3 Yeah, they're going oh, yeah, yeah about 300 bucks. Just got 300 bucks. So not bad. So there's one on every trip. Now, you might say that is because I'm probably going to more than 30. I mean, was it 24 days? Not every day. 30 yeah, stores? You were very dedicated. Very dedicated. It seemed like you didn't take anything I'm off. fucking bananas. Off. No, I don't, <laughs> take, I don't take anything You were even off. thrown. Talk about some of the th- curveballs that you might have been thrown on the trip. Because you're like, oh, I ended up here and I don't know what happened. But I missed a train, right? Yes. Didn't miss a train. Sometimes you miss One a train night. or the bus goes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Me and because when I went drinking with Kid Sharukin. Uh, We went to this super cool bar called Deathmatch in Hell. That's the name of the bar. It's a hole in the (laughs) wall. Where was it? uh, In Shinjuku. So not kind of the center of Tokyo. And it's run by this super cool dude called, his name is Go. And uh, so he's a huge fan of horror films. So it's a horror filmed themed bar. And from what Jim tells me also, this dude who owns the bar also has one of Japan's biggest VHS collections. And he's recognized for that, like in the community of collectors, like they've done a documentary on him or something. And he runs this bar and it's super cool. So Jim and I went drinking there and I had too many of those ones. And then all of a sudden (laughs) it's 3 a.m. And I realized trains, I've come from the small city. So I'm like, oh, the train stopped. So that was an $80 taxi to get home. Oh. I learned an $80 okay. lesson that night. And then afterwards I, you know. Yeah. Wow. So that was fun. Get how long fun, is an 80 so. How long is an $80 cab ride? Like Not long. Yeah. No, it was only like uh, was it an hour or 40 minutes or something? 30 okay. minutes. But it was also late night. I think yeah. the, the, it was on Uber. Like I did call okay. it with Uber as well. So it wasn't I know I wasn't getting completely fleeced <laughs> by this dude. And I just have to accept my fate. It's like, I'm going to be cold in friggin' Shinjuku Station till it opens in about three hours, or do I just pay the 80 bucks? And I'm like, I'm paying the 80 bucks. I'm going home. That's awesome. Uh, Yeah, so it's just, it was, it's a check. This trip is a chance for me to just indulge myself. I don't, I go on my own. I don't have to think about anybody. I just do these insane store tours every day. And uh, it was fun, actually, very fun this time to tweet because I almost didn't have time off. Because I'm tweeting everything I find at a store and I'm like on the way there, I'm preparing the tweets for the next store or like preparing that. So by the time, I mean, it's a lot of work to do social media. It sounds like I'm a whinger, I'm not, but it's a lot of work to to keep all that up. (laughs) You sound like, yeah. So I did all that. So I'm back here now and I have just this room full of stuff. Um, Yeah, you're a nice... Yeah, I had loads of stuff on the floor. Everything's so like. Did is it was it weird to go through the customs or anything back into the country or did they just like? No, nah, it's, okay. uh, it's okay. Because you just have through. suitcases. 
Yeah. And um, I have yeah, four... Yeah, I saw your suitcases. Yeah, four suitcases. How did you have... So, like, yeah. <laughs> Just full... Uh, how many suitcases did you add to with fill with this stuff? Like, uh, what... Well, I've got... I, 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 with my flight, I got two cases already. So yeah. I've, on the way there, I just had my backpack and I only used one. So I had two cases. Uh, then you can just, with Finne, you can just keep buying like yeah. baggage. And I think that's actually one of the best ways to get things home. So you essentially get 23 kilograms for 70 bucks. Okay. And I don't think you're going to be able to ship 23 kilograms for 70 bucks. Like if you go to no. DHL or FedEx or something like that, the only difference might be that it's got to be a bag. So it's got to be something that'll fit in a suitcase. So you can't put a PVM in there or you'd have to get a special, I don't know what PVM will come in. At, will, it, will a 14 inch come in under 23 kilograms? How much is a 14 inch uh, what's the conversion? What's a kilogram? Like? You don't even know what a kilogram is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, let's see. Uh, 23 is 50 pounds. Man, that is like right at the max. It's mm. Like a PVM away. Well, a 14 inch you could get away with under 50 pounds if you didn't pack it and they were going to just like let you carry it on and then put it in the back of the plane. I don't know. You could mm. definitely take a nine in, or eight or nine inch sure. one okay. that's in one of those carry cases that would fit. And that would be under that weight limit. But the others you're going to be struggling to get. Yeah. So probably a monitor pounds. you'd have to, to ship. Right. But for everything else, well, I don't can... know. I mean, if you had it in a, a proper box, you might be able to get away with it. Maybe, right? because it's just the weight. It's all about weight if for If it's only guys. about the weight, you could get the box in and have it foam-packed right. Doesn't and not, not everything that's interesting is a monitor. Laser disc. So yeah, many I saw laser a bunch of those. <laughs> yeah, I saw a bunch of those things. Those look even cooler. Like That's, that's another thing that's excellent. Laser disc variants. So this uh, is, I found yeah. this for 10 bucks. Okay. It's the awesome. original trilogy on Laserdisc. And I I don't even have a Laserdisc player, but I want to put it on my wall because each one right. of them has this amazing artwork as well. So yeah, I hear you. I yeah, that's the next level of things I've been I've been toying around with that. I've got I got a Laserdisc player at the last mm. convention and I've finally gotten it set up. It has it's interesting. It has dual output. So I've actually got my flat screen over here is from, it's a plasma screen from 2007, right? Okay, or six. Yeah. I can't remember. It was, it's a Hitachi and it, uh, it still has pretty good, like, especially if you're just watching a movie on it, you know, it's got mm -hmm. inputs for all, all things up to HDMI 1080p. And so I just plug it one into there and then one into uh, whatever CRT I have set up. I've got a couple of things over there right now. And, yeah, the Laserdisc thing has been intriguing And it works. Your me. Laserdisc works? Like, oh, yeah. Good. It yeah. works Aww. perfectly. I've watched, like, I mean, I've watched, like, five movies on it. I've been, I really, I bought both the Conan movies mm. oh, the yeah. old ones on laser disc and those are in like full frame i'm like 
this would be so badass to go to like a convention and set up mm-hmm. except for the fact that when you watch conan it's like half naked women <laughs> and then like it's like the most brutal like decapitations <laughs> like just, uh, <laughs> so it's like, like it's, it's a hilarious. Laser, does a laser disc do S video? Is that what you're getting out of it? No, it's it's composite. Oh, and right. I no idea. Okay. I so that's another thing. I'm like, I'm like, well, uh, this is when I finally have a reason to get a retro tank is to mm-hmm. try to play around with that just for the fun of it to get the filters and to see how much that um, pers- for me personally how much better that would look. So, uh, I mean, yeah, I was, I was already thinking about that, the, the, uh, uh, the actual, (laughs) uh, laser discs. Sorry. I've got these. I'm so I'm officially like here and, uh, I don't have anybody else here with me except the the two dogs, Brutus and Cole (laughs) and Cole, you know, Brutus just sleeps all day and Cole just basically pesters him <laughs> to try to get him to like play with him. So he's come down here now to try to pester Brutus oh, a little cute. bit, but distraction. But yeah, those uh that's what I want to see is how much better you can make it, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, I don't know. I mean, it sounds like such an incredible trip. Um I was, you know, looking at it and I was thinking, "Dang, man, that would be a place." Cuz another thing my wife, I, we've talked about this before, you know, she lived in um, this place called the Kochi District for like three years teaching mm. on this uh, program where in, the Ameri- in America you could go for three years during that time period mm. and teach on a visa mm-hmm. and like they would send you somewhere and you would teach middle school kids, mostly elementary, that, that age group of kids, sure. you would teach them for a couple of years. Um and and work there so she did that and and we always like to sing uh karaoke like just you know whatever and nice. and she was always like oh yeah yeah because well she and god bless her she can't sing like it's terrible <laughs> singing voice. so it's it's quite funny but it uh so that's always been um something that i wanted to do and uh I would love to do it. You tell me, we're going to go. Yeah. Like, if I so, could be yeah. there in Tokyo with you, even for a week. Yeah, I know, right? Oh, crazy dude, we would have. Stores, but that. Dude, oh, me and so, you there going through everything. Oh, I'd love it. So, yeah, I was a little bit depressed going through your Twitter timeline. You know, <laughs> I'm not going to lie. But, no, it was great. It was great to see oh. that trip. It was awesome. Thanks, um, man. Yeah, I was really. So, now I've got content lined up as i said <laughs> yeah. 10 plus videos and then including all the crap that i brought back and weird and 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 interesting oh look at him yeah what was his name again sorry i forgot what it's it's cole cole like c-o-a-l like oh cole he's mine. A black yeah because yeah. yeah, he's a black pug oh, he's all black puppy. Pug. He's yeah puppy. so he's a monster there we go so he uh, uh how old is he Cole? Roams around he's like 10 months old so he's okay. not he's not that old so mm-hmm. he'll uh but he just loves brutus like he's infatuated with him and brutus because sure. brutus is just so calm now he's so old and fifth almost 15 brutus will be turning this year so he's mm. like i don't know how he's he's got such a great will to live at his age but <laughs> he does so we'll see but cole just loves pestering him so i think it's actually good for brutus though since it's all that but 
Uh, yeah. Um, so yeah, let's move over. I want to. Yeah, I mean, I've, realized, let's, uh, I've, been, I've been yabbering about myself for a no, long no, time. No, no, no. I was thinking on? this is no, good. So like a good transition here, talking mm. about the Laserdisc and the RetroTink 2X because it's been mm-hmm. picking my brain. So I, I said at the beginning, you know, one of the things I've been doing around here, which um, is I've been working on a project that is related to a museum and I'm not going to say the it's a big museum, like bigger than the ones I've worked with so far. I don't want to say exactly because you never know, you know, I don't want to say anything beyond what's happening. But anyway, they reached out to me and they're looking for, um, from my contact at Houston, right? He had the same guy I've been working Mm. with there. Great guy. And he's like, Hey, this is the guys in my, the similar, situation here and he's looking for 2530 pvms which are a freaking pain in the neck to find this is the 25 inch cube Mm. style pvm and their issue is they have a ton of these dotronics monitors which um are the alternative in the museum world pretty much these are the metal cased monitors that you'd see that are not sony that look like just generic more than anything Mm. um i did get to work on one at the museum we had talked about this a little bit a while ago and there's not much to them they're pretty much a old stock uh consumer set Mm. full build out that's been moved into a nice sturdy commercial grade cage and when were given, these produced then? Yeah, what? Given a custom, I mean, he still probably has some in his warehouse. It's okay. the guy Bob did an interview with oh, him probably that? two yeah, years okay. ago. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, Right. So right, this right, is right, the guy. Right. And so, um, anyway, they're having an issue where uh, they're getting all kinds of interference on those CRTs, they said. So I was like, well, I offer consultations where I can give you some advice on your monitors i also repair 2530s if you have any and they're like we do we do have some that we've bought that probably will need to get of course restored because these monitors the pvm 2530 are from the late 1980s up into the early 90s if you're lucky most of the ones i've seen are from like 87 88 89 and 90 and they, they did go up into the early 90s, but most of them I've not seen from that era. So they're so older, older old, PVMs. Older PVMs, and they had a flaw in their design that Sony pretty much made on them and then got rid of uh, relatively after this. kind of. I, I, I can't like prove this, but it, it's been well documented uh, by other people having this issue. I got a load of these things that were in really rough condition, and this problem was prevalent on... I want to say three out of the four of them, hmm. and it's it's a it's like an Achilles heel death kill to this what is it? What's the PVM. So the problem is, in these older PVMs, there's this high voltage resistor assembly that is attached to the anode cap, and that'll be on the twenty thirty, and the fourteen inches from that area, like the thirteen forties, and even like the nineteen forties, they have this red insulated box that's attached on the anode cap line between Hmm. the actual flyback transformer and the cap on the back of the tube and so again there's supposed to be this high voltage resistor in there and i think that's like the early bleed out technology now it's fine on all the versions except the 2530 Hmm. and the reason that is is for some unknown reason sony decided to incorporate a potentiometer in the center of 
that block. So on the 2530, you look at it, it looks the same, except it has a translucent knob on the middle of it. And if you turn that, that controls your horizontal static convergence on your screen. And that's the horizontal beam alignment. So if like it's a white beam and you spin that, it'll separate it so it goes red, green, blue. Okay. And then if you spin it back, it'll all line up. And that's mm. how you adjust it. Usually that's on the neck board most of the time, like 90% of the time. But for this unknown reason, it was on this version. And what happens is that thing is all encased in like a poured epoxy plastic solid thing that cannot be disassembled. Mm. It's, it's like a solid unit. And the way it's designed is what happens is, is there's like corrosion after 30 years will build up at the connection points and it cannot be uh, fixed. And so what it does is it slowly shorts out the image. The image shrinks like this and then the image just goes away. Yeah. And so that happens. And it took me so much troubleshooting to discover this. And then I found a bunch of forums where people had the issue and just said that was the issue. And then I was like, well, I've kind of confirmed that through my own work because I found three out of four had them. Sure. And, um, so, I mean, this is a huge explanation on things. No, but I get it. Double. So it's a they've got this design flaw in a part yeah. that is extremely hard to uh, fix. It was never like, yeah, and it was never reproduced beyond. Mm. It's like a Sony in-house proprietary item. And they said, all right, we're discontinuing this monitor. We're not making any more of these. You can never find that part yeah. anywhere. And so you've got the lack of a bell. So anyway, that's so what do you do? Yeah. What so, do you do with right. it? How do you so get no, new parts? You, you have a bunch of, I have four in my graveyard uh -huh. and they, this job came up. So I was like, well, I have one tube combo that I have not checked out yet because when it got to me, it was the worst one. It said it had a big X on the tube. Somebody had, <laughs> you know, drawn with a Sharpie <laughs> and none of the boards on the side lit up and it just had a bunch of wavy lines on the screen. And so I was like, well, I got to start finding out. So I had a, you know, boards. I just, I had three sets of boards and I just was able to swap them around to get a set of all working boards onto this monitor mm -hmm. and the screen fires right up. And so it's working. It's just, it had this monitor, the 2530 has about eight circuit boards in it. Mm -hmm. And of course, 30 year old. And these are the Elna caps that everybody hates. They were the ones that, you know, but I don't know what people's expectations are for capacitors at 30 years of life. Anyway, I don't yeah. know who who could have made them really work that long. But it, the truth is that's I, this monitor itself is just a pain in the ass. Sure. All right. It's got so many boards. It's literally 300 capacitors for like a recap job because you're like i recap there's two deflection boards those have 60 caps on it you have to change <laughs> there's a neck board with 10 caps on it mm. there's the input board with another 30 caps on it and then if the if the buttons on the side don't work that's a completely different board that's got about 200 caps on it and then you got dual power supplies and it's like unreal how much hardware is in there and then you got an audio amp so it's one of the more complex things mm. that sony made the museums love them because they're stackable they're cube design. Right, cube design they look they got the look they want and they're just impossible to find but anyway i was able to put together one good one but now i've got to sit there and recap the whole thing and then get it ready to send off uh, hopefully yeah. to them and maybe even you know establish some kind of relationship so i can do more work with them i hope in the future mm. uh from now but yeah that's that whole like situation has got me thinking like what's the future of all this these people are crazy we can't do it like this 
And I was thinking, why? I said, what a point, and this is probably a bad thing for me to just discuss here, but who cares? I don't think anybody listening here is going to steal our ideas. What if uh, what there's going to be a need for a niche product that looks like a CRT, hmm. but it's not a CRT, right? It needs to be the most amazing 4x3, 20-inch modern display that's, I, I, you know, we're in that curved technology now. There's no reason somebody sh we shouldn't be producing a screen that has a Trinitron level curve to one edge of it, okay? And then Mike Chi needs to produce the input board on this thing, sure. and then we'll have different shells available for it for whatever reason, mm. and then it needs to be sold for the highest price possible to the museums. That's the only way this could be funded is because the museums are going to have an incredible need to do these video wall reproductions, but they can't chase these, you know, golden gooses forever. Mm -hmm. And so I'm thinking, like, that's really, like, I was laughing. I was like, that might be the only scalable idea I have ever had to get, like, a large-scale So to get the, right. Because, and I this mean, is, again, so I haven't they, even talked people... to Mike about this or anything, but I was just thinking mm. there will come a time... And think about that. We're now finally, I've seen them online. You know, they're getting to where they have, of course, bendable, mm -hmm. especially one direction. You can make it look like a tube. You could make, you could design a shell that looks like that. And then you could have an input board by Mike that could reproduce any look on that screen. Right. And it would look 99% like a, like a CRT. Right. Mm. Do you sure, think? Sure, sure, absolutely. I mean, that's already that part is pretty much there with the work. And we could sell it to you know. You could also have it be the best monitor available mm. for retro gaming. And I think for anyone listening, because I know there are certain projects out there of called like this is the LCD CRT, and some people are trying to to do that. I think the thing is like they have mostly just been a, like a title for that. Some people have made put some nice IPS screen into a certain thing, and then they made it look good. Yes, some people have got somewhere along the line i'm just sort of saying before we get the actually crowd who want to tell us well someone's already made that not precise enough and not no. the curved screen is really Cur it's got to be like this has mm. got to be like a commercial style product where it is like i know i'm sorry but it's like unobtainable for mo yeah. like or like the original bvms and pvms right this is on a level that again is you know you're probably talking about a 25 inch screen that on a retail level could cost like six seven grand easy a piece maybe up to 10 grand okay mm -hmm. so and what you're talking about is just the most incredible just almost redesigned based on that look and um so i don't know maybe one day and then i thought if that really took off then you could be like well, whatever company this was could become the best display company in the world right 20 years so it's like would you think that the, the museums would want... So let's say... That's what I want to know. That's, that's what I'm thing, trying yeah. to figure out. And would they still want it? It would be interesting to know, do they still want it in the 25-inch the configuration, like rather than producing one big, huge thing, which maybe could happen with panels? They already do have those big, big walls, right? Mm. The idea for this thing, I think, is the fact that you pull it out and it looks like a cube. Right, okay. And it so looks like in replacement, and, but but at the same time, it's got an amazing input board on the back of it that you could plug basically an HDMI right in, yeah. right, or SDI or uh, all analog inputs. Mm. It could even have an SD card reader in it that just plays a video loop because sure. they're not worried about gaming stuff. But at the same time, 
the best stuff for any of that kind of thing to make it look like an old image is done by Mike Chi anyway, right? right? The retro take. There's not like that's the cool thing about this is it's actually done by somebody that that's within our industry, not somebody mm-hmm. like you're not like going, oh well, this is something done by Nvidia, right? Where nobody's going to talk to Nvidia, they're going to do whatever they're going to do. Sure. But anyway, that's like a pipe dream. Off that, that's what kind of I've been looking on. And this will give us a chance to transition over to someone who has actually accomplished a quite a great feat um, with a BVM modification Ooh, yeah, yeah, let's do that. and a CRT uh, kind of portable thing. Of course, the portable mod master himself, Shank. Um, yeah. What do you think about this uh, this project, Lewis? So I think I guess let's try and back it up and explain a bit more because Shank is so uh, well, first of all, so, so what we know that, that Shank is this amazing modder. And he's, he's, he's amazing at modding GameCubes, at Wii's. This is his speciality. And he knows how to trim PCBs and cut them down and, and put them into weird... And he's making a whole company, as we talked about the podcast. He's a whole company to provide the parts to enable modders to do this stuff. So he's the man about this. So then what he did was he put a Wii into a BVM expansion card. Now, Steve, maybe you want to speak to this. BVMs yeah. have cards that can be inserted in the back. Tell us about the cards of BVMs. So, yeah, we this whole thing is based around the card design on a lot of these CRTs that are in the professional uh, field. And actually, the one that he picked is one of the most universal card slots because mm-hmm. it's it goes between PVMs and BVMs. So if you have a PVM-L series CRT, it could be really any of those CRTs, hmm. as long as it's the L CRT and it's a PVM. It will have a slot in the back, and it's an expansion bay, like Lewis said, and this card will fit in that slot. And then at the same time, there's a whole family of BVMs that's the D series. Now, not all of them have the same, actually, funny enough, card slot. This one would work on like a 14-inch D series and then the 9-inch D series. That's really the only two. Uh, once you get in the full or bigger ones, they have a different card design. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, this card that he made would go in those monitors I just talked about. Sure. And uh, typically you get one, there'd be an RGB one, maybe there's an SDI one. Exactly. For different inputs. S-Video. S-Video. Yeah, right. The composite, S-Video composite one. PAL cards. There were all kinds of custom cards made by Sony. Hmm. And then um, basically since then, the other person which we talked to last year, Martin, he was the one who designed and re-engineered all these cards for, well, not all of them, but most of them, specifically this one we're talking about. Uh, this is all from his redesign of the Sony BKM-129X, which is the component slash RGB input video card uh, for that family of monitors from Sony. Mm-hmm. So his design was to just recreate that card and then... From there, he branched off and, you know, had all different inputs you could change. It's really open source, so it's all, you know, open code that people could go out and remanufacture on their own if they wanted to, which has happened, you know. Sure. And so yeah. that's what Shank uh, originated, you know, his designs off of was the original work, open source, that Martin hmm. had done. And it blossomed into, like you said, his amazing ability to shave down a wee motherboard to the components that are only necessary. And um, I've so, been asking him some other questions because, like, it's funny. You and I have been on this, like, chat with these guys for 
six months or something. And mm. it's like, it's one of those things where it's like, well, we're just never going to talk about this <laughs> until they decide to talk about this. Cause you know, right. the minute we would like spill the beans on it, they just stop. They'd open up a new chat and probably kick us out. <laughs> I'm glad they did. So if we think about the card, right? So if people yeah. can understand, if, if people can conceptually get the idea of a BVM expansion card, sure, there's one for IGB, there's one for component. And so what does that card do? It allows you to put some inputs in the back and then it slots into the, the BVM or the monitor and provides the signal off that way. So the RGB one has the RGBS inputs and sends the signal into the monitor. So what Shank has done has stick a Wii into that. So yeah. it's a Wii and it's, first of all, it's <laughs> pulling power from the monitor. So it doesn't right. need an external thing. And then instead of sending your RGB inputs from your BNCs or whatever on the outside, it's the out, it's the RGB output of the Wii that is being piped directly into the monitor. There are the inputs on the back of the card are just the GameCube controller inputs. And you can right. see that there are four GameCube controller inputs. So it's powered from the monitor and it's sending its output directly into the slot in the back of the monitor. So that's how he's got a, a Wii inside of a PVM. So I just wanted to be clear on that. Sort of it's it's a I love the idea. I know that sort of it has it's not like a completely unique idea but it's pretty fucking unique like he's not the it's, first person to think of it but wow he's really implemented it's a on this fantastic you know show of uh cooperation or open source just mm. tomfoolery that goes to completely asinine levels that you just love to see um I was thinking, well, and just to think of this, even from like the most lame in terms of what I'm, I'm like, I can't, like the levels of engineering that goes into this is so many light years above my understanding. I'm like caveman level, you know, beating on the wall with a hammer when talking to these guys about this stuff. But, um, you know, this whole thing is a, a lot of times, especially with these other cards, it's based around FPGAs. Now, this one is is a little bit cheaper, and I think it is based around Arduino coding and from the chats i've had in the room beyond the release of the uh, short video that shanks put out is that you know uh, uh, this is our a lot of done through arduino coding and so it's going to be very difficult it's always like trying to animate to me and and i've got a plan to make it right after we get done recording today i'm probably going to do a short video just to, to elaborate on some other things that mm -hmm. i won't get too deep on here but you know, this is based around FPGA stuff, so especially like the other cards for the 20-inch. And Martin can, if you can think about it, I mean, you could eventually have a mister that would just be plugged right. into the back of a PVM or a BVM. And then you're just like, I guess that's like when you pull up with your like souped up, <laughs> you know, lowrider uh, Bugatti or something. Now you're pulling up with your souped up mister including case right. BVM all in one to the retro gaming stuff. But it would be incredible for things like, uh, you know, anything to show off, of course, like at a convention would just be so fun to, and easy to deal with. It's very much pimp my ride material. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's not like, something, yeah. I don't get the idea that this is something that will ever have beyond, it's just like one of other Shanks things in his suitcase of amazing things, right? right? 
it's going to be an amazing thing to show off. And uh, I was really surprised he didn't want to do a full video on it. I don't get it. We were all so I would have because I know um, it would have gotten views. Maybe he just didn't want to blow up the price of the BVM D9 <laughs> anymore, and it would be like it's gone from a thousand dollars to three thousand dollars for a nine-inch CRT. <laughs> Good goodness! So, so we've been uh, fortunate. Steve and I have been fortunate because just sort of quite randomly, there's a Discord chat with me and Steve, Bob from Retro RGB. Uh, Martin uh, Heinfeld, who is the yeah. guy who we interviewed, who designed the BKM board, and and Shank used a lot of that work to uh, learn how the card work. And Shank's in there as well. And there's just a group chat and sort of, I don't know, you know, whatever Discord group chats, they come back and forth. And then all of a sudden last week, Shank just drops these pictures into the chat of this fucking B- we in a BVM and we are losing our minds. This is the most, and we can't speak about it. Cause you know, obviously like Steve said, you don't want to be rude. You, you can't say these things publicly. These things are shared in chats, but I, it was, it's been a pleasure and an honor to just randomly be in that chat. And like Steve said, I'm sitting around going, what the fuck am I contributing? To this? I'm not, <laughs> I'm not bringing anything. I'm like, well, go team. Like I'm like, just, go team, make a video. Shake. Make a yeah. freaking video. That's my it's contribution. One of those, it's one of those things that you like go on a Discord and you see like 90 new comments and you're like, oh my gosh, what is that? And I'm like, oh, actually, okay. And then I'm just like, what, 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 what? Right. And you can tell, I mean, I could tell for a while Shank was coming up with something because he's again ta- showing off these board designs with no no Wii board populated on him, but you see four inputs and you're like, mm. I didn't even think much about it. I was like, he's just making a recreate card. Cause I thought four inputs on it. It's just going to be uh, like RGBS, right? Mm-hmm. He's just going to have some other card he's using for some <laughs> normal purpose. And then, uh, yeah, like then it's just like game. And I'm like, All right, what? what's wrong with me? I was like, of course he's put a GameCube thing on there. That's just too perfect. <laughs> and then it's like, I'm like, well, Shank, uh, you know, if you don't make a video about this, I have to, like, bring it up, make a video. And what's your comment on this thing? And then it's like, hey, I made a short, and yeah, a, yeah, a yeah. post saying I'm not making a video. I'm like, okay, if you're not making a video. I was like, but I'm going to ask you. And so, dude, yeah, dude. he's, he's you know, kudos to him. I thought it would have made a great video project. But, you know, he's probably going to have something that's not even, that would be like a two-minute and not even segment on this next video it's like i would have his last project with the crts uh and um the hot rod hot mm, wheels hot wheels yes set up you know you'd have made videos just about all the crt stuff in that video it would have mm. been 10 videos for um a normal right uh, for YouTube us YouTube production yeah, we, for yeah. like me it would have been 10 to 20 videos throughout the year and it's all literally a backstory to this other project. So uh, I'm excited to see what he's really got going on. If And I knew this project took a lot of time out of his schedule to figure out. He said about 40 hours it took him. Yeah, so that's what he said. So that's like. produce that. Just because it's cool. So, and if you took it, if you, you, as he showed in the video, if you insert that into a nine inch BVM, those also have battery packs. It's possible to get the battery pack. Um, actually, that's a good one. So, Steve, a question for you. Right, that's what so, I was starting to think. Why not? Why not expand that capability with like a a mini solar panel, <laughs> right? And recharge the battery, and then you just have it going forever. So we know that the these nine inch BVMs they had batteries because they were often yeah. used on site. Uh, but 
those batteries are not good anymore. Like, are there more modern battery solutions? Is anyone actually using a battery in these things in 2023? Or how... I mean, it's there, but I've not, not I've, usable. No, I, I've not seen that. I mean, it, I can't... The problem now is, think about, think about the demand for batteries. Mm. Lithium-ion batteries are in colossal demand right now because of EVs, everything electric. It's... It's really difficult almost to get anybody um I've never had anybody like coming out with like talking to me about making an alternative power thing. Mm. Now what I would think would be more normal and more feasible would be some type of an external power supply on your own that is literally a um like I just said maybe a solar panel mm. that has some kind of battery built into it and it has just like a single a single three-prong plug. Right, because it's nine-volt three-prong right, plug is what they take. And then it goes into the other thing. But see, some of these other CRTs that I've gotten recently will run off of different powers because they have an external power supply. Mm -hmm. So if you have a way of recreating that small amount of volt, DC voltage, right? Like it's usually 12-volt DC power uh, under two amps, then you can get these to power up. So if you have any way to recreate that power, you could do it. I've talked to Shank about this before because he's always the one who's done these things. Exactly. See, but even on these older ones, on these older ones, there used to be a battery pack where there's the component SDI input. Mm. That's used to be where you're able to put the oh, batteries in. Oh, you, you've got in. one of those. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. And you can't, but on this, they've gotten rid of that. And this, what year is yours right now? Is that one from oh, after 2000? Uh, where would I tell that? It's on the very bottom. Is there another one on the bottom? Like oh, a little wait. label? Nope. Something in German nope. on the bottom. Ooh. Uh, yeah, it might be just on the inside then. It's all right. No, I don't see the year on this one. Okay. Yeah, yeah those are usually the later ones with okay. the component. That's I've actually gotten one of those gifted to me from uh, Corey at My Life in Gaming. I'm not even able to have any <laughs> time to mess with it. So I've got a lot of those little, little guys like you. Uh, but that... This this kind of, you know, it's a great thing to see, and it's, like, really fun to look at. But, yeah, I don't want people to get unrealistic expectations and expect something like this. Mm. To come, it, Think about it. Even if you could, it would be such a niche product. And let's face it. The people that would be buying this are going to just sit there and nitpick it to death, right? <laughs> sure. So if it has any issues, I feel like whoever's working on it would be like oh, I just can't it's definitely a custom it's the east coast customs of bbm exactly. it's the pimp my ride hey yo heard you like gamecube so we put a gamecube <laughs> in your bbm yo like it's just that that's how i think and i hope people will view it as as completely such. yeah it's just overboard like cool what i mean i think if that's your expectation or if you're like one of these unbelievable geniuses like martin or shank and you're like well, I'm going to take this information. I know how to use it. Now I'll put a mister in there. Or now I'll put an mm. FPGA that does whatever you want it to do. I don't know, right? That's the so cool thing. There's so few people that... Well, not few, but the market of people that would have a monitor 
that and would need fits this. That and, and want to do that and don't just want to connect a Wii up manually. And want to just give out like yeah. 700 bucks for it or something, however much it would end up costing. Sure. It's just I mean, like, maybe if you got that money, you don't care about the money. Who knows? Well, yeah. You know, and that's sure. the thing. It might be there, but again, it's going to be such a custom, like you right. said, it's a custom thing. So it's really fun. Um, and um, I like that this is a good way to start the year off for CRT stuff. It's fun. So cool. Yeah. So, so yeah, it's a pleasure to, to be in the chat and just sort of watch those guys and talk to them about it and try to offer support where you can. Because like, again, that, that, <laughs> that, that thing about providing, I was going to say providing support to creators. Speaking of that, um, I have two, I haven't even opened these yet. Uh, speaking of Mike Simone's YC uh, cores and his adapter for, uh, for the mister. So Antonio Valena has done a new version of his YC adapter called the cheapo. And uh, uh, finally, Mike Simone sent me one from Canada. So this is Mike's proper one as well. And I need to, I'm go, uh, about to head off again on a trip, but I need to make some time to test those and just show those. Because I do know, like, what is our job? What can we do? We go make that ship, but maybe we can talk about it, show it off in a good light, explain to people how things are, sort of the way that uh, we've been working with Retro Castle and find these cool creators and talk about it. So my humble job here is to, to show it off. So yeah, Antonio and Mike were both uh, kind enough to send those to me. And Antonio was really nice. And I was like, yo, Antonio, I'm going to make a video, but I'm going to be away for a few weeks. He's like, no pressure. You don't have to make a video. I'm sending to you. And I appreciate that very much. Um, how to say back, like, I'm a, I'm a creator. I want content to make things about. So I'm a, yeah, I'm a desperate yeah. YouTuber. Well, and that's, yeah, and then sometimes you do feel bad, but it like, it, it's, it's, there's some things that, for example, I've been handed off a lot of things that Martin has made hmm. and it's all in the, it's all in the good guys of doing research. And at the same time, I want to make content, but you know, conversely, this is a guy who's doing this stuff like as his hobby and like a side project sure. and it's open source and he's not actually manufacturing anything um, hmm. of this stuff himself. So I hate at the same time feeling like uh, I would be just making extra content for the point of not only making the content, but to also like put extra pressure on a guy who's literally just doing things. And we are lucky if kind of we are able to get a product manufactured on any level kind of out to us. Right. Mm. As opposed to like um, just not being able to have it at all or just the options of like this. It's it's so much so much. We talked to Martin. You know, so many things can already be in the way to make people feel down about uh, like going through the parts shortages of the last two years and COVID, and it's just been such a drain. And, and everybody feels so picked thin. And the fact that these guys could still sit out there and and have the drive to make these amazing inventions, hmm. uh, just the fact to be able to cover them and also try to put some things in perspective. But at the converse thing, you've got. Mike Simone's and Antonio's projects, which will be more readily available. So it's good to also be covering those things in the same capacity. Yeah, you know? we're seeing that. I guess that it was sort of, there is a bit of a lag in that like creators have made a lot of interesting things. And now we are seeing more of these, I guess, resellers who have the capabilities to manufacture from their design. So Mike, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure Mike isn't selling the, for example, selling his YC adapter okay. himself, uh, that it, now it's, I think ultimate mister's got them and 
well, anyone can pick it up. And the same with Martin's BKM129X card. He's not manufacturing them, but others are picking that up and, and taking that. And I think we're sort of starting to see not only is the part shortage easing, maybe, maybe a little bit, we're starting to see the first signs that the part shortage is is maybe getting a little bit better. But now there are, I guess, with our community grows, now there are more of these people that are like, oh, great, I can implement this. I can make this board. I can... I can sell this. So, yeah. So it's a fun project. We also need to try to see if we can catch tabs on the um, open source CRT because I'll be honest, I haven't looked at that. Yeah, I I wrote a so. tweet to him to to Thomas, and I haven't checked. I don't think I got back to me. I was like, "Hey, Thomas, how you doing?" Get questions all the time, and yeah, uh, I got to follow up on that. Sure, just like how's he going? So yeah, we could see, but uh, yeah, hey, I mean, this is a great place to probably sure end our episode up. forty. It's been awesome catching up. And, it's been uh, nice, man. I really yeah. miss these talks. I really uh, a lot of people have been uh, very supportive. Uh, of this, you know, sp- sending well wishes and saying how much they enjoy the conversations. I really deeply appreciate that and appreciate that you've been listening for 40 episodes. So thank guys. Thank you. Thank you all. Uh, yeah. And we will be we running some live stuff it's coming very soon because that's what i'm getting all things set up here for too lewis and i've been talking enough about doing live shows dude i can't wait to see your live streams of you working well we're gonna do this all yeah we'll do some live this stuff but then at least you could do it from the lab yeah that's cool because actually (laughs) speaking of the antonio and the mic adapters i actually think i want to do the more live stream style rather than creating a video about them this thing that bob's done has shown us like it's a interesting way to just show the working and uh, rather than trying to create a video around it and have this start and end and, and all these bits, just give people well, that. So I'm really you, keen to see your work when you stream. Well, it really shows, Bob, with Bob shows, like, it's always like, oh, well, yep, bad things happen. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, it's not working. He's always got something like, that's that's just the way it is. Like, you pull an adapter out, it just doesn't work anymore or whatever. Mm-hmm. But, all right, mate, let's do it. I got to get back go. here. I got to cook some dinner for... for for here going on so uh yeah mate look i'm now i am again away already uh <laughs> next week again uh, i have to i'm going on another little trip so we're not sure when the next one it might be a couple more weeks uh yeah. before we can get the next That's one okay. out but thanks for the support we are getting back to the regularity of it uh because i've really enjoyed this chat and and thanks very much for watching thank you guys all right see thanks everyone. see you next time bye-bye